Lamont. Hi. <laughs> Roar Lions Roar here. My name is Nick Pollock. I'm joined by Matt DeBear and Bill DeFilippo, and we are here to talk about our very favorite, our dear, dear, sweet Lamont Wade. Lamont Wade, you know his name. You know his story. He is a cornerback out of Clareton, Pennsylvania, currently standing at 5'9", 190 pounds. We'll get more accurate measurements tomorrow on National Signing Day. Ranked as the number 46 player on the 247 composite, the number 5 cornerback in the country, and the number 2 player in the state of Virginia, thankfully for Penn State, is already uh, Nick, enrolled. Nick, Nick he's, he's from Pennsylvania. What did I say? Virginia. Ooh. Yeah, well, I live in Virginia now. So Nick, 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 you're not justifying this one, buddy. Okay. <laughs> you screwed up. Well, Pennsylvania, whatever. Regardless, he enrolled in January, um, and he's so he's already on campus. He's already getting accustomed to college life, getting accustomed to the weight room, and that's a great thing because Lamont Wade is the kind of player who is going to be ready to roll day one. Whether that is in a nickel corner role or that is in a safety role, uh, we'll let Bill kind of expand on that a bit more in his piece. Uh, but Matt, the tale of Lamont Wade to Penn State is a long, winding journey that took lots of twists and turns. So take us down that path. Well, I'm not going to go back and rehash every visit and the offer and camps and everything like that because there were a lot of them. Um, we talked a lot about it leading up to his commitment back in December and kind of throughout his entire recruiting process for him, that there might not be a more prepared recruit to make a decision on whether they're going to attend school than Lamont Wade. He visited all his uh, choices multiple times, um, didn't rush into into a decision. Um, He talked about it after he committed where, um, you know, early in the season that he was favoring, I think it was Tennessee. There was a time when Ohio State was, was his leader. Um, ironically, I don't think he ever mentioned Pitt as being a leader, but he was there a bunch of times as well. Pitt! Um, but really, <laughs> thank you for that, Bill. Really, more than... Um, Pitt! Are you done? Pitt! Okay, now I'm done. Okay. Um, but I think the, the there are two recruits in this class that I go back to as being guys that Penn State's 11-3 and Big Ten Championship season had a huge impact on. Um, we talked about it with K.J. Hamler yesterday, um, and Lamont Wade clearly is, is, is another one of those guys that wanted to see Penn State perform, you know, become a more stable program from a coaching perspective, um, and that, that's what this 2016 season did. Because um, I think it was always pretty clear just based on how much he was on campus um, how his father, uh, who was very involved in his, his recruitment, talked about Penn State, talked about the coaching staff. They always liked Penn State. They always liked James Franklin. They always liked the coaching staff. But there was the lingering question because of the back-to-back seven and six seasons about whether the program that they really, really liked was going to be the program that was there in two, three, four years after he committed. Um, so I think there's a lot of, a lot of credit goes to um, – to, to Lamont and his family for not wavering from their process, you know, seeing it all the way through to his December commitment, um, getting as much information as they can. And obviously a lot of credit goes to the coaching staff for, um, you know, selling him on what they see for the program and going out and uh, showing on the field this fall as well. Absolutely. Yeah. There, there are not many recruits that go through as exhaustive and as, 
calculated of a process as Lamont Wade went through. And a lot of that probably does have to do with the fact that his father is his high school football coach and he's seen guys go through this process before. And I'm sure that he had a big impact on helping his son kind of find the right way to go about his recruitment. Uh, um, yeah, and he do, did do correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, he and Aaron Matthews were teammates in high school, correct? Yes, I believe so. Yeah, and where remind me where Aaron Matthews flipped to? Uh, Aaron Matthews flipped to one pit. Pit. Yes, thank you for that. Um, yeah. But yes, so it definitely uh, a good amount of credit probably goes to Wade's parents for guiding him to being so thorough with his decision making, and I think that that intelligence that Lamont showed throughout his recruitment is the same kind of intelligence that we see on the field. Um, along with the fact that he is fast, he's strong, he's quick, he's a lockdown cornerback, he can cover guys all over the field, um, he can really he can do anything on the defensive side of the ball, he can rush the ball on the offensive side, he can return kicks, he can return punts, and he does it all uh in a very just savvy, savvy way. He understands the game of football so well. And I think that's one of his more underrated skills is that he has all the athletic ability in the world, but he also just gets the game of football. And that's going to serve him really well because he has a chance to start from day one for Penn state. It's unlikely that he unseats John Reed or Grant Haley for one of the starting boundary corner spots um, because obviously those two are very established and very good at what they do but uh, as we as I mentioned at the top of the show Jordan Smith has graduated from Penn State leaving a vacancy in that nickel corner position when uh, Penn State goes to a dime look it's an or nickel look. Uh, it's very plausible that we see Lamont Wade make an impact there right away, and it kind of feels like the sort of thing with Saquon Barkley as a freshman, where he could just see his role continue to grow as the season goes on. Um, I can feel Bill just itching to talk about Wade, so I'm going to pass things over to him. Yeah. Uh, so I, you, Nick, and Matt will attest that I've been super annoying about Lamont Wade for like a year and a half now. Like, You've I'm, been super annoying about a lot of well, I know, for but, way longer than a year and a half. But Lamont Wade is the one thing that uh, I, I've probably been the most annoying about because I think this guy is a superstar. I think that he, one, I have, as Nick said, Penn State has a lot of talent at cornerback, and I don't see him coming in and not seating anyone. But he is so good that if you keep him off the field, you are keeping one of your one of the guys who's your best is one of your best defensive players off the field. Like if you redshirt him, you are making a decision that I just will not agree with because I refuse to believe that he is not ready to play college football. Not because of his talent as a defensive back, which he has that in droves. This guy had I mean he's undersized, but he plays much bigger than five foot nine. He is able to compensate for his relatively short stature with something that I think is important in every single cornerback, and that is just a mentality of you're not getting anything on me. He takes pride in just clowning dudes on 
on uh, defense and not letting them, you know, catch any balls or be in a position to make a play while the ball's in the air. He's able to go up and use his athleticism to prevent taller receivers from making plays on the ball. And I think for James Franklin, he knows that he cannot keep Wade off the field for this reason. I mean, Penn State's defensive backfield is really good. I mean, John Reed, Grant Haley, their cornerbacks, number one and two, it would be a surprise to see anyone unseat them. Garrett Taylor, I think he's going to be in for a uh, pretty good year this year. I think he's a guy that kind of gets forgotten about, but he can forgotten about, but he can play. Uh, Amani Oruwari, Christian Campbell, they can both play. But Lamont Wade has that swagger that you just can't teach, and he's going to carve out a role. He is going to earn a role because of just how tenacious of a football player he is. He can get it done on defense. Uh, it sounds like there may be some uh, – oh, by the way, I think he's a corner. Like, I don't think he's going to be playing too terribly much safety unless he absolutely has to because his coverage skills are just that important. Uh, but it sounds like he's going to be used maybe a little bit on offense in some fun and funky different ways. It sounds like he could maybe uh, make an impact on special teams, although that remains to be seen. But he's just really good at this football thing. And I – yeah, he's already my one of my favorite players on this team, mostly because of the savageness and ruthlessness ruth, ruthlessness with which he dunks on Pitt Twitter on uh, a daily basis. Yes, not mentioned in any of his scouting reports are his just absolute oh, ferocity so in the Twitter good. game. We can only hope that he continues to go full throttle on the Twitter sphere for the rest of time. Uh, sadly, that will likely go away, especially once practices start up, but one can hope. And we hope that you, Lamont Wade, keep things up on the Twitter who is, game. Who is Anyone the, uh, wanna... Hold on, who is the... What was the name yeah. of the Pitt fan uh, that DM'd him and was basically saying, like, you're trash, we don't need you, blah, blah, blah. I just remember their name being something horribly inappropriate and really funny that I probably shouldn't say on the podcast, but uh, here we go. Yeah, uh, we, don't, we don't need to say well, that. Well, no, I'm, go- I'm, I'm going to. Uh, Dr. Mitch Cumstein, which I can't believe I just said that, went out of his way uh, right, uh, I believe this is a day or so after Lamont committed to Penn State, and said, Pitt is brewing something special, man. By the time you're a soft, you're going to be looking at a top 10 team of the country. You can be the difference mate that makes our secondary good and gives us title hopes. No team needs you more than us, so why don't you stay home, stay put in the best city in the country, hashtag HTP. He t- tweeted that, he DM'd him that right before he committed to Penn State, and on Monday he DM'd him, eh, who the word that begins with an F needs you, hashtag HTP. So, if you don't follow well, hey, me well, hey, on Twitter let- at Goonie underscore 38, you are really preventing yourself uh, from the opportunity to follow the life and times of Penn State's, maybe Penn State's most entertaining athlete. I'm, I'm going to give both of you a little pop pop trivia quiz here real quick. Yeah, I want Nick, you to Nick, respond you sound, to this. You sound like a robot right now, so if you can unplug it, you can unplug it, that'd be great. All right. Like I said, I'm going to give put you guys through a little pop culture uh, trivia here right now. I need you to just to respond to this in the correct way. Let me tell you a story. I once knew a guy who could have been a great golfer. Could have gone pro. All he needed was a little time and some practice. He decided to go to college instead. He went for four years, did pretty well. 
the end of his four years, his last semester, he was kicked out. You know what for? He was night putting. Just putting at night with the 15-year-old daughter of the dean. You know who that guy was? Wasn't it Bob Hope? No. That guy was Mitch Cumstein, my roommate. He's a good guy. <laughs> Don't be obsessed with your desires, Danny. Zen philosopher Basha once wrote, A flute with no holes is not a flute. And a donut with no hole is Danish. Danish. Funny guy. <laughs> we love you, Lamont. Thank uh, you for Caddyshack. coming to Penn State. Thank you, Lamont. Caddyshack, for to Penn State. Caddyshack is the answer to all of life's problems. Well, there's one other answer that we're not considering. Yeah, watching Lamont White play football. No, not even that. All right. Well, anyway, Pit! we should.